soul is a little emotional today. Could be the Lord. Could be that's rainy outside. <laughs> I'll trust that it's the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to Matthew. In my course of, I'm just going to, I'm going to say this because it sounds a little funny, but maybe it'll, just got to go with it today. On my, on my way to Jericho this week, does anybody know the story of going on the way to Jericho? Okay, what happens on the way to Jericho? Yeah, somebody gets beat up. And it's the, it's the parable of the Good Samaritan. You know, how do we love our neighbor? I wasn't necessarily the one getting beat up, but I was just on the, I was on the way to Jericho this week. There was a lot of people going to Jericho this week. There was a Pharisee. There was a Levite. There was a Samaritan. There was just a guy doing business. And like, you know, we were talk, there was talking about today, God's trying to lead us to the cross. So all those people were going to Jericho, but God had a plan, even for the guy who was beat up. So on the way to Jericho this week, somebody showed up in my life. I think it was the Lord. And I realized that I don't love the Lord. I mean, it's just, you know, I just don't love the Lord. So my prayer is becoming, Lord, help me love you. Because I have no ability to love the Lord. I mean, that's what sin does. Sin cuts off my... It just cuts off that spiritual sonship in me that blinds my eyes, that makes me the focus of all things. Even if I'm talking to the Lord, it's usually not out of love. It's out of some selfish pers- perspective. So again, you know, I'm coming to, coming to a place where I, I realize I don't love the Lord. And when I'm not loving the Lord, I may not love my neighbor. So on the way to Jericho, it would be easy to avoid the cross. It would be easy to not love and just walk on the other side. Go by what God has set up. To, God allowed someone to get beat up and robbed and set them right in your path, and we may, might not have noticed it. We, it's easy to go on the other side. It's very easy not to pick up the cross. There it is lying right in the middle of the road, but might want to go around because I don't love him. So that's going to be the, 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 the foundation of the message, is coming to love the Lord and realizing I have no ability to love the Lord, but God help me, I need to love you. Because how can you walk with someone, I mean, as a friend, and not love them? And Jesus said, you know, eventually what's going to happen is something else is going to, a love for something else is going to take over. So we're going to start with that, that idea and begin to look at what happens in our life as we go walking on the road to Jericho, as we're walking through life, as we're coming to the third day, as we come face to face with things in our own life, how easy would it be to become a Levite and just pass by on the other side because, or a Pharisee, or, but the Samaritan, which was a sinner, knew who he was, actually loved. It changed his whole life. I mean, you know, he's, I'll be a businessman going, you know, staying at hotels, doing some stuff. Changed his whole life. He had to change his whole life because love, and I was thinking about this, like I said, I, 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 you know, I just realized, you know, I just don't love the Lord. And so today as I opened up uh, Oswald, it was about love. And if love doesn't have an expression that is, for lack of a better word, I didn't bring it up, radical or outside of ourself, it's really not love at all. And Paul says, I, I would, I, des- I, I would desire to be poured out like wine for you. I desire to be broken bread for you. I desire, when I'm with the Lord, I desire to be beside myself. When was the last time? And that's what even Hebrews talks about. It says, do you remember the time when you, when, you, when you were first enlightened and you took the spoiling of your goods as a delight? When was the last time that we actually came out of ourselves with like broken bread, poured out wine, and besides ourselves, delirious, picking up people on the way to Jericho, saying, you know, Lord, I love you. But the gospel message is not that we love God. See, and again, we, we get centered in on that. Well, I love the Lord. No, you don't. The gospel is not that we love God, but that God loved us. 
And the love of God, that the, the agape love of God, the Holy Spirit, the love of God, actually caused God to come out of Himself and do something totally contrary to what we would perceive His character to be. He became sin. The righteous, almighty God who knew no sin, who can't be tempted with sin, who is clean, became sin for me. He became poured out wine, broken bread. He became out, he did something so beside himself because the love of God was in his heart. For God so loved the world, he made a whole new message. Something that was radically changed the universe forever and fulfill his purpose. For God so loved the world, he came out of himself. He did something, he went, he stopped and picked up the, the guy who was beaten. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Wow, it changed the universe. Angels are saying, don't do this. What is going on? You can't do this. Let us go protect your Son. And that would be right thinking. But love needs to take us out of our right mind. See, love needs to take us out of our right mind. And I believe the danger, and, and we'll look at this, as we go on, it's easy for love to grow cold. We'll, we'll talk about that. Well, we oh, you already did, so I have to talk about it. Jesus actually says in one place, let me find it. Yeah. Yeah, Matthew 24. It's near, it's near there. We'll lay a foundation, then we'll lay another foundation, then we'll lay another foundation. It says in verse 12 of 24, And because the iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold, but they shall endure. Now, remember, we're talking about endurance, patience. There's another place where we're going to find that word today. Oh, boy. I'm not going to even say that because then we'd have to turn there. But there's an enduring to the end, they shall be saved. There's, and that, that doesn't mean, there's an enduring in the love of God. The love of God is unchanging, steadfast. Do I endure in the love of God? Or does the, the love of many, does my love begin to wax? And I looked up that word, wax. You know, a, a, a simple translation would mean just to grow, but it actually comes from like the word of just breathing. Sometimes breathing just normally, and sometimes just breathing like you're, you're, like you're trying to catch your breath. But it, it's a process of normal normalcy. It's not something that would just like, mostly grab you. Just like when Jesus said the cares of this life, they grow up together and they choke out. It's not something that just happens. It's something that as a natural process of life, it would be easy to walk on the other side of the street. It would be easy not to go to the cross. It would make perfect sense for God, and that's why the gospel is so hard to believe, even for us today, for God just to judge the world. But he says, I, you know, I'm not here to do that. For God so loved the world that He sent His Son, and He's sending His Son by the Holy Spirit every day into our hearts. Do I now come outside of myself, and do I love Him? Or am I poured out? Am I poured out wine, broken bread? He says, I, Jesus, Paul says, I'd be gladly be spent for you. Now, who was he writing that to? Yeah, but there's a specific one. The Corinthian church. He just gets done having to write this letter. They're doing things that are like, my goodness, are you in... Heathens don't even act like this. And then he comes out of himself. There's things we've got to deal with. I mean, you've got to pick up the guy on the road. But there's, unless the love of God is compelling me. See, I could look at the Corinthian church and say, you may even ask, but he says, but for you. You're my crown. You're my joy. He was beside himself. He let the love of God rule in his heart. He let the love of God put the hope in his heart. And it's easy, as it talks about here, for the love of God to wax cold. You just, as a course of day, you've been breathing. You've just been growing. Everybody grows. And it's easy not to notice that you've changed. That the love isn't there anymore. Well, Lord, draw us again. Draw me, O Lord. You know, it's easy to draw back. It's easy not to go to the cross. There's those that draw back, or the, and there's those that endure. Enduring love. That's what we want to talk about.
is how then do I you know, grab hold of that? It's a sacrifice in this world, sacrifice coming out of ourselves. And in the Bible, we'll talk about that. But in Matthew chapter 18. So we need to beware and watch all the time because the natural course of events. See, Jesus is against nature. I mean, not against it, like he hates it. But it's like, it's not the normal course of things for us to forgive our enemies. It's not the normal course of things for God to become sin, that we might become the righteousness of Him. It's not the normal course for me to lay down my life. And when Jesus comes in, He wants to reverse the normal course. The raising from the dead is not a normal course of life. Not seeing corruption is not a normal course of life. Brethren, growing up together and sticking it out for generations and generations, not a normal course of life. But the love of God does what? It constrains me. I've got to come out of myself in order to be, let God love me and for me to love God. I can't do it in myself. He's going to bring me to the end of myself that I would cry out and say, God, I don't love you. Help me. And here's the message. You didn't love God. You don't love God. But here's the gospel. God so loved you. Therefore, John goes on to say, making a faith statement, practicing the word, enduring. Therefore, we love him. Now, we love him by faith. That's something I have to exercise. Not a normal process that grows in us. Faith has to be nurtured. Faith has to be... We grow from faith to faith and glory to glory. But it's those kind of things, just like the seed. Weed seeds don't have to be cultivated. You don't have to worry about being tried. I mean, I said, you know, I haven't had any trials for a week. I better go out and get tempted. You don't have to do that. I haven't had any bad feelings. I think I better have some. Those things just are in this life. When the sower went out to sow, he's sowing good seed, the Bible said. But weeds came up. The natural course of things is to choke out the true riches. The natural course of things is for the love that, uh, that God puts in our heart to grow cold because of iniquity, just because of stuff that goes on. Just because the guy's a bloody mess and I got things to do. I don't want to pick this guy up. I don't know him. I picked one up last week. Didn't change, it didn't change the world. That's not the love of God. For God so loved the world, if no one would get saved, God's love would be poured out upon me. And that's what Paul is saying. I wish I, I'd be, when I'm serving God, I'm beside myself. You're my crown, you're my joy. That's being caught. Now, that what was, what was being said to him. Look, these guys are idiots. Everybody's forsaken you. Don't do it. You know, the, the king is saying, don't, don't you're, 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 you're mad. Well, yeah. See, but love, in order for it to be love, needs to be something outside of ourselves. There needs to be an act of something that's more than just attraction. Something that's more than just an affinity. Something that's more than just a feeling. It needs to be something that's outside of ourselves, that comes from outside of ourselves. We exercise faith. And in this world, that usually means a sacrifice. And the sacrifice starts up here with the sacrifice of our will. So, and then when the love of God gets a hold of us, it constrains us. It starts making us think in different ways. So, in Matthew chapter 18, Chapter 18, is that where we are? Let me see if that's where I am. Oh, yeah, Matthew 19, not 18. Matthew 19. Okay. This is the young, this is the ruler that comes to Jesus. Verse 16. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good things, what good things should I do to have eternal life? Now, again, that would be a normal question. So if Jesus is going to go on to show that he's, his premise is just totally wrong. See, a lot of times we want to be useful to God or do things for God or to fulfill our, or to fulfill our own standards or holiness. But the love of God is greater than that. See, the love of God goes beyond his own standards of holiness, his own standards of what and who he should be. For God so loved the world, He allowed His Son to become sin. That's beyond what He could do for God. That's beyond His own usefulness. That's beyond His own righteousness. That's beyond counting Himself holy to God. It says, the love of God starts grabbing hold of my life and starts making me do things I wouldn't want to do. Isn't that what it says to Peter? 
When you were young, you did what you wanted to do, but when you were old, you're going to do something you wouldn't want to do. And what, how, did that, how did that all start out? Peter, do you love me? Well, yeah, I love you. Um, then what's going on here? See, you came up with this idea yourself. This isn't the idea that I have. The love of God starts to kick out some things, starts to knock our head off, starts to conform us in ways that I wouldn't think about. Peter, do you love me? And he says, yes, I know you do love me because when you're older, something's going to happen and the love of God is going to constrain you from, not, from being Peter to being who the Holy Spirit has made you to be. Something you didn't choose to do. And every day we're going to have some people on the road to Jericho that are going to give us a choice and our, our love can wax cold and it's going to make perfect sense. It's going to make perfect sense. Would you go to the cross for anybody in this room? Are they worth it? No. But God. Oh. Yeah. Wow. He's always the monkey wrench in the works. He's the fly in the ointment, you might say. Yeah. Good master, what good things should I do to have eternal life? And Jesus says, well, why do you call me good? And so forth and so on. But he says, keep the commandments. And he said unto him, Jesus, you know, what are they? Now, Jesus knows better than this. Because in a, a verses before, chapters before, or all around, you know, Jesus knows what the first commandment is. What's the first commandment? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, body, and strength. He leaves that one out. Think it was a mistake? No, he's getting to a point. See, now, I'm guilty of breaking the first commandment. Now, I may not be guilty of breaking every other commandment, but what does the law say? Well, if you break one commandment, you broke them all. But it's easy to kick back on what you're comfortable with and what you're justified with because this is where Jesus is going to start. You know, and I, I was reading this, I'm going, oh, I thought, I thought the guy was saying this. But I look back, it was Jesus saying it. I'm going, well, it's a setup. Okay, what, what, what commandments should I do? Well, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't bear false witness, honor your father, your mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man says unto him, I've done all these things. What do I yet lack? What else could I possibly do? Have you been doing some stuff that seems to make sense to you? Yeah. Well, we'd have to come and, you know, realize there's something lacking. See, the love of God is going to constrain us to do things that... The everyday things, in, in a holy way, in a way unto God that's going to sanctify them, that's going to change me, that's going to glorify God. It's like the woman with the alabaster box. What a, what, a, what a ridiculous... That's what I got everybody mad. They said, this doesn't make sense. This is a waste. She could have been serving God. She could have been serving God with that money. What good thing could she have done with that money? Well, she could have given it to the poor, sold it, held it. Oh, but Jesus says, whoa, you're missing it. There's something greater she's done. She was outside of herself. She wasn't being useful. She wasn't being holy. She was in love with me. Leave her alone. She was going beyond herself. Because if she thought about it, she wouldn't have done it. It was worth a lot of money. If you thought about it, you wouldn't help the guy on the road. It's going to be a pain in the neck. If you thought about it, you might not want to forgive somebody. If you thought about it, you might not want to praise the Lord. If you thought about it, you have a better life doing something else. Good. There he is right in the middle of the road. What are you going to do? What should I do? And Jesus said, if... If you want to be perfect. Now, remember, we, that word has been coming up in our messages lately. The perfecting of the saints, which we're going to get to. Let patience have her perfect work. Jesus here says, now, if you want to be perfect, if you want to be entire, if you want to be well-equipped, if you want to be fulfilled, if you want to be perfect, perfect comes from let patience have, endurance have her perfect work. See, sometimes we just get tired of enduring. The thought is continually there. Do your own thing. You've just had enough. Call down 12 legions of angels. You don't have to. Well, the love of God does something different. It picks up the cross. See, it goes beyond yourself. When you're, after you're writing to the Corinthian church, you might say, you bunch of jerks. They would have been totally justified. Except that wasn't the purpose of God. That wasn't the love of God. He says, I, this is, you're my crown, you're my joy. It constrained him to view things. And a lot of times, and that's what we're going to get to, See, sometimes we think we have a lack of faith. 
But the Bible talks about it's the faith that works by love. Many times our faith isn't operating because we don't have love. And therefore, we can't have any hope. So it's the faith that works by love. And if we don't love Him, if we're not letting that love constrain me and make me do things that I wouldn't normally do, there's not going to be an exercise of faith. There would be no reason to exercise faith if I've got it all together. This man was not exercising. I've, I've been keeping the commandments. He had it all down in his brain. You might, and there's not, and I, he's not, Jesus is not condemning this man for doing that. But he says, there's one thing, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all that you have, give to the poor, and thou shalt treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. What's he really saying? Yeah, love me. Love God. It's going to be something that's going to touch him. And the young man heard the saying, went and went sorrowful, because he had great possessions. He had some stuff he just couldn't let go of. And that's what God's going to be knocking on. You might have all the other things down. Don't murder, great things. But do you love me enough to follow me? Will you follow me? See, will you, will you grab hold of me? Will you sell all that you have? Well, no. See, I mean, I used to do that. See, I used to do that. But now maybe my love is, you know, I'm, I'm more mature. Well, or maybe our, just our love has grown cold. And the writer of Hebrews says, remember the former days when you took joyfully that stuff. Anything you could do to follow Jesus would have been, Lord, what do you want me to do? Great. Hallelujah. But after a while, the weeds start to grow up. The natural course of life. The hammering comes. Paul, shut up or he'll beat you again. Paul will let you go. Just, you know, don't make a big thing of this. Corinthian church dragging him down. Pull it, the, the, the jails are dragging him down. Everything's dragging him down. But he says, wait a minute. No, that's the love of God. And when we have the love of God in our hearts, then our faith can begin to operate. But without the love of God, there's no, there's no faith operating. And so God is going to bring us on the road to Jericho to the man who's beat up. He's going to bring us to some of our own things that we've been doing all these wonderful things and yet there's something lacking. Have we stopped following Jesus because He's just really too annoying to love? He's just asking way too much. Do you love me? Hello, Peter, do you love me? Well, this is what you should do. So, the love of God. You need to examine our hearts. You know, I'm just saying for me, find out that I don't love the Lord. Which makes it really hard to be His friend. Lord, help me. You know, I need to, need to love Him. So he's talking to Peter, you know, do you love me? Feed my sheep goes on to say, well, you know, when you were young, you did what you wanted. Now, there's a, there's a place to grow, come out. See, there's a growing that we should be growing in the Lord and not growing cold. Hebrews talks about that. Not drawing back, but drawing to the cross. And there, there's, a, there's, there's a place of growing out of our childhood. Like, Peter, like you said to Peter, when you were young, you, were, you loved me. You kind of loved... I mean, he loved Jesus. But there was a reason why he loved Jesus. There was a youthful excitement. There's a reason why young children love their mom and dad. And it's real. I'm not knocking it. But it's not the perfect. It's not the mature love that God wants to draw out of us. And it's as going through this world and learning to endure that the real love of God is started to produce. It's not a love that just is based on, oh, mom gave me cookies. I love her. Mom changed my diapers. I love her. Dad bought me something. I love her. Love him. There's a love that takes, that changes us, that brings us into a friendship with God, an equality with God that Jesus had says I do the will of my father because I love him for God so loved the world Jesus said yes wow yeah so when you were young you did you, you know you did what you wanted but when you were old and then we're growing see we should be growing in a place that says hmm 
you know what? I now have the ability to do pretty much anything I want. That's where God wants you to be. There used to be a time I, I couldn't do that. You know. But now God's Peter is brought to a place. The young rich ruler is brought to a place. Will you love me? What's going to cost you something? All the things that we sang that song, every blessing he pours out all, turn back to praise. Really? Really? How about all those things he gave you you don't want to give up? Wow. That's the love of God. See, and the reason we can't love is because we don't love him. We're too much in our own brain. The love of God wants to take us outside of ourselves to say, whoa. We got, I mean, you see all the same stuff. Let's turn here to Hebrews. This is a good scripture. Hebrews 11. That's a good chapter. We'll, we'll look at that. Let's talk about love and faith. And Remember the faith that works by love. Where is that scripture? That's, let me, let me, let's turn to Galatians 5 first. Because I've been saying it. We should read it. It's in the Bible. Sometimes I think we actually miss the points. We're trying to get faith and we just, we, we just don't love God. We're just not letting the love of God possess me. Now, when I love something, when I love someone, I mean, in that real way, it causes me to do things outside of myself, like break an alabaster box, be, ridi- be able to be ridiculed and not, you know, just take it. But when the love grows cold, my faith also then begins because there's, there's a connection there and so many times we need to look back not at our faith see because this guy could have been exercising faith I'm keeping all the commandments you would think wow what a good guy there's just something missing you don't love me enough to come outside of yourself now he might have been just a moral guy some people are created with a moral a higher moral caliber than other people I know some people haven't smoked, haven't taken drugs, haven't done things like that they're really not tempted by a lot of stuff Uh, you know I don't know him personally but Mr. Rogers now, when you look at Mr. Rogers, you don't see a sleaze bag. I mean, you can't imagine Mr. Ro- now, maybe I'm sure he's got temptations, but Mr. Ro- I'm just using this as an example. You know, he's what? He's dead. Okay, God bless him. Allah rahmets him. And this man might have been, you know, that was his deal. But the love that God wants is, is to cause you to come to him, to be broken, to be broken bread. When, you're in, when he's going to bring you to the inability of yourself to love. He's going to bring you to crises just like this man because he had great possessions. Hello, Peter, do you love me more than these? Well, yeah, but God gave me these every blessing. That's why they asked him. When this got over, you know what they said? How could anybody get saved? Because basically they understood that prosperity was the blessing of God. The things that God has given you, Isaac... He wants them more than... Or do you want those things rather than the love of God? That will grow you cold. Could have been a Benjamin too. A lot of things that God adds to our life, we're not willing to give up. That's why I said, well, what are you talking about? How could anybody get saved? Well, he said, well, man, it's impossible. But God's working in your midst. Now we need to work with them by the grace of God. So Galatians chapter something, 5. Is it there? Thank you. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of the righteousness of faith. Now, we'll get to Corinthians 13 as well because there's some things in there I haven't seen before. But those, there's three things that are faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. It's the foundation. It's the, it's the foundation of everything. And if those aren't there, if love isn't there, faith isn't going to operate. And your hope, you're not going to have faith. You're not going to be able to have hope because the foundation's gone. And faith is the substance of things hoped for. And if you don't have the love, your faith isn't going to... It's just a deal. Do you love me? Oh, then get radical, if you would. Start selling some possessions and follow me. 
and it's going to make no sense because you don't have to follow Him to keep the commandments. You don't have to follow Him to have your own personal standard of righteousness. You don't have to follow Him to be justified in your own brain. But He's going to come knocking at the door and say, will you love me more than these, Peter? Or are you going to stay a child? And you know where that verse comes from, staying a child? He says, I'm no, no longer a child. It's right in the love chapter. We always think of going back to childhood to love. He says, no, that was a love that wouldn't keep me. That's a love without endurance. That was a self-centered love. But when I grew up, I, I put away childish things. It's time for us to grow up and let the love of God be perfected in me that I learn to endure Him. Yeah, we'll get to look at that too. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything or uncircumcision. Is there some things that avail some things in your life that are really important that you would say, boy, I would never let those go? Well, God is saying none of those things are important. Not compared to the love of God. Now, at any given time, He may want you to sell all that you have. Another time, He says, don't. But will you follow Him? It's going to make no sense. Circumcision avails nothing. Uncircumcision avails nothing. But faith that works by love. The, the, remember, faith without works is dead. So the faith that works by love is that love motivating me and energizing my faith to be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God in the crazy situation that He's putting me in. Have you had any wicked thoughts towards anybody this week? Maybe, no, I'm sure probably nobody in your household. Nobody in the church. Nobody up in heaven. Oh, God. Faith that works by love. See, without that love, without the vision, without the love of God that's constraining me, I may just kick back and just become myself. A nice guy, but no faith operating because I'm not following Him. Where's He going? To the cross. Signifying by what death He should glorify God. Is there, some, some, is there somebody right in the way, a bloody mess right in your way? Well, you know what you're supposed to do with that. It's going on in your daily life. See, don't wait for the love of God to show itself in some great triumphant thing. Hey, it's time to show the love. It's coming every day. They're at dinner. Here comes the lady. Jesus is going to take. And the, I got a lot of scriptures. I just keep not writing. I got them here, but. Jesus is going to take an everyday, ordinary thing and sanctify it by the love of God. And that, you know what he tells the people to do? Do likewise. Now, we're not used, we don't understand washing feet. And I remember very young, and it, 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 my father used to tell me the story of when his father, my father was a Barton, he came from the old country. When his father came home, my, son, my father's job was to wash his feet. That was just something they did. And I remember it really broke my father's heart because I was a really Yadamas Chuju and um, n- n- um, naughty child. And basically, I wasn't, I wasn't a servant at all. I was just self-centered. And I remember him telling me that story. He was crying. And when my dad cried, it really would touch me. It didn't change me, but it touched me. <laughs> and um, we're not familiar with washing feet, so we make this some kind of a sanctified... Um, Toren service that you know, or we do it in the church. I remember even in the Armenian church, they had a whole foot washing service, and they used to wash people. I don't know, he had to be a certain age and something. I remember my brother, he was older than me. He got his, he went a part of his foot wash. This is not part of the message. This is just extra. He got his feet washed with butter. Now that's not a normal thing. That's kind of a religious thing that you do. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, no butter. You know, where's the honey? And uh, but. Jesus took the normal thing, and what I'm trying to say is washing feet was basically a very normal, undignified thing you didn't pay attention to but expected to happen every day when you got home. It's something that after working, you know, and again, in the other, other we t- you take your shoes off when you come in. Feet have to be washed. And Jesus says at, 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 the, at the very point when he should be self-centered, Everything's about Him. He's going to the cross and He understands that. The love of God 
to these people who are going to deny him, that aren't even going to get it. He says, let me wash your feet. And then he says, did you, under, did you see what I did? Me being your Lord and Master, I washed your feet. I took this everyday, ordinary thing that all of you are passing the buck not wanting to do, expecting it to have done. But I did it. I want you to do the same. Do you have some ordinary stuff going on in your life? might be somebody on the road to Jericho. It might be dinner. It might be blowing up at your wife or husband. It may be your job. It may be what's coming across the pulpit. It may be Wednesday night and you're not talking. There's a reason. Don't get bitter. I know. There's a reason. I just don't care. I don't want to. I don't love them enough. I wouldn't say that. I don't have anything to share. I don't have any. She's an idiot. He's an idiot. They're an idiot. I don't have to. I, gotta, I don't know what's wrong with texting. I do what I want. And Do you love me more than... Will you follow me, Jesus said. No, I'm keeping the commandments. I'm justified. Well, that's not love. And that love will, that love will not keep you. That love will not change you. That love's not going to grab you down in your gut and twist you around. I had Arash call me the other day. Don't ever talk to me because it gets put on the message. He called me the other day. I haven't talked to him in, in a long time. And it's, you know, I could tell in his voice. You know, it's, you know, but basically saying, God just won't let me go. He says, you know, you told us when we were in Vaughn um, how difficult it would be over here. He says, don't, don't get me wrong. I have a great life. I don't have any, you know, the police aren't following me. I'm not being tortured. I got money, you know, before. He says, when we lived in Vaughn, we didn't have any money. We couldn't work. We, everything was, a, he says, but it was so much richer. He says, you know, the, the warfare here is, it's the good stuff that's the bad stuff. And we just don't, we can't discern that. We, will, we won't cut it off. Jesus says, if your right hand offend you, it's not the bad stuff I'm asking for, he's asking for anymore. It's your right hand. Cut it off. Well, I'm not going to do that. I... Do you love me? Oh, I remember when we first got enlightened. Lord, what would you like me to do? Shave, cut my hair, work, I'll do whatever. Give this up, give that up. And pretty soon as we grow older, experience begins to dictate the virtuous woman that I once married is just that righteous man of God. The church, his holy bride is, I'll be glad to be spent for you even though you're living with your father's wife, even though you're getting drunk at the communion, the love of God constrains me. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Say, Peter, do you love me? Don't go fishing. Don't just make it some hocus-pocus deal that you love me. Let it constrain you to do the thing you don't want to do. And when you love, that will begin to exercise faith, where I begin to speak faith, where I might be silent, or even worse than that. Nah, she's a, nah, he's a, at church, I don't have, and you know, I, I, you know what, what's even worse than that is when our anger waxes cold to where it's no longer even angry, we just get hard. I don't want to do that, I don't feel like doing that, no one can, I, don't, I just don't see it. God help us when we don't see it. Lord, stir me up at least to be angry. Now don't, don't stay angry, and don't, you know, don't sin. But we can get so complacent we don't feel anything. Yeah. It's called hardness of heart. Our hearts can wax. Just as a normal cause. You don't have you don't have to try to fall out of love. You don't have to try to not exercise. You don't have to try not to follow Jesus. You don't have to try to wax hard. The normal process. But to love him I have to sell all that I have. It's a conscious choice that up, this is, this is going to bother me. I, you know, up, I choose to love him. And as we love him, I exercise faith because it's the faith that works by love. When love motivates me, my actions, whether it's washing the disciples' feet or hearing the command and the word that's coming across and letting it grab you when it doesn't make any sense, that's the love of God. And the love of God produces faith in your life. And that faith grabs hold of the hope. Have you ever noticed that sometimes the hope is a little far off? Well, where's your love? There's no faith operating. The faith has to work by love. Amen. The faith that works by love.
Yeah. Yeah, we got some stuff God's blessed us with. Hallelujah. Let's turn it back to praise. Let's present our bodies a living sacrifice. What would be more important, keeping the commandments or selling all that you have and follow Jesus? Well, it'd be easy because now, you, can, you know, but what if it becomes a real, you have a real possession? And the only reason you have stuff is so God can try you. God doesn't, you're not taking the stuff with you. I mean, you know, God gives, you know, you come into the world naked. Hopefully most of the time while you're in the world, you're not naked. But you're going out naked. You're not, 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 nothing that you gain is coming with you. He doesn't need all that stuff. But we put so much emphasis on our stuff. Stuff, stuff. And all God wants is, will you love me? Stretch forth your hands. Because I've got a plan for you, Peter. It's not fishing. It's not even doing this with your disciples and being good old boys. I, I want to kill you. That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't see that. He didn't ask you if you saw it. He asked you, do you love me? I'm not a good lover. Yeah. God wants to change us to be like him. Speaking of love, where is that? Yeah, Matthew 11. Talking about being... Oh, we didn't get to Hebrews. That's okay. It'll stay there. It's been there for a thousand years. Matthew 11. Yeah, Samson finally fell back in love. I don't know if that's the right word because love isn't, you don't, you know, if you fall into love, you can fall out of love. But if the love of God's got you, you can't, it doesn't, you, you can fall in and out of love. It doesn't matter. You don't change. Yeah. Because it's the love of God. You don't fall out of love. You just fall out of feelings. Yeah. Or you get wicked ideas. But your most wicked ideas could be your righteous ideas. I've been keeping the commandments. Well, I think that God wants an now, God loved the world that he let his son become sin. Do you love that much? Do you love that much to do the same when you don't have to? Will you wash one another's feet? Eh, not what he's asking you. Do you love me? Do this, and you'll see your faith will increase, and your hope you're going to be drawing closer to. But there are things keeping us from God, just like it kept the Levite, from helping that man on the road to Jericho. He didn't want to get dirty. He didn't want to touch that man. He didn't want to. He got some things down. Just like I've been keeping the commandments. There's something greater than that. It's the first commandment. And if you love me, you'll follow me. Wherever I go. Yea, though I walk through the valley. He's leading me through the valley of the shadow of death. And when patience has her perfect work, what happens? We become entire wanting nothing. A lot of our wants keep us from loving. I just wanted him. I just wanted her. I just want... Now, do you love me more than these? Stretch forth your hands. Yeah. Start washing one another's feet. I know you don't want to. I know you don't want to. But you really do. The Holy Spirit in you wants. See, love keeps us going. Not what you want. Not you're your figuring this out. Jesus would have washed Judas's feet if he would have stuck around. Wow. Yeah. So, Matthew, where are we? What did I say? Oh, Matthew 11. We talked about the yoke. But it's interesting, I, I, I was wondering where, why, he, why he even talked about the yoke there. If you read the whole rest of that chapter, it's, it's, it's kind of sandwiched in some funny stuff. And what I want to talk about is where is that? 25. And at that time, Jesus answered. Because a lot of times, he answered. He was answering the cities, the spirits, the spirits of unbelief that weren't believing in him, that saw works and weren't believing in him. And Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, so it seemed right in your sight. All things are delivered unto me, so forth and so on. But I want us to look at that. He rejoices that these things were hidden and they revealed the babes. At that time, God is saying that's a good thing. And many times we're exactly opposite. We want to get it. We want to understand it. And Jesus is saying, no. 
They're hidden from those. And they're only revealed to those that are in love with me, those that are bathed, that are willing to come out and just exercise by faith. And he goes, and the next step there is, when you don't understand it, when the things are going on, what do you fall back on? You fall back on following Jesus. Take my yoke. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. Have you been labored and heavy laden? Have you got some issues? Should I help the man? Shouldn't I help the man? I wonder, you know, if I should wash the feet. Boy, I don't see why I have to become sin. And yeah, I have some ideas and God's blessed me. Have you been heavy laden? Here's what you want to do with it. Sell it all. Sell it all. And you might end up loving Him. Come unto me, all you that are heavy laden and a burden, and I'll give you rest. How? Not by understanding. Not by knowing something. Not by having it figured out exactly the opposite thereof. You're going to come to a place that you're totally just like Samson. The guy blew it. Now, how many people really believe that Samson needed his hair to be strong? No, he had some things to work out, I think. And finally, at the end of his days, after, you know, could you imagine being Samson? You thought you were serving God. You beat up all the Philistines. You've delivered Israel lots of times. And there you are. Your eyes are plucked out. You're the laughing stock. Wouldn't you like to just sit down and die? Just be no good and I don't know why. But something rose in him. He said after, I don't know, it must have been several months, his hair's growing back. He realizes this is going to kill him. Love of God's going to kill you. But he, nobody forced him to. Will you stretch out your hand, Samson? Lord, I got it. It's not about me. It's not about all those things I've been... It wasn't about the Philistine women. It wasn't about what was going on here in church and whose feet are dirtier. I don't love him and he doesn't love me and she stinks and he stinks. And No, it's about the love of God. For God so loves... It's the gospel. And God is working in me and He's blessed me and prospered me so much that He says, now sell it all. Do you love me? Follow me. I'm going to take you where you wouldn't want to go. And you're not going to want anymore. I shall not want. A lot of our desires, that's what James talks about. You're praying in this because you've got the wrong desires. We're not looking after Him. We're looking at... I don't know. How come it? Take my yoke upon you and do what? Learn of me. To learn of Him young rich ruler, you got to sell all that you have and start learning of him. Put the yoke on and saying, I got this stuff, but the love of God says to do this and the, the hope keeps an anchor to my soul. And even though this storm is going on, the love of God has me moving towards the hope of the message. And if that isn't there, it gets all confusing. And no matter how much you want to say, it really becomes all about you. And that's contrary to the gospel. So it's when the things are hidden from you, that's when you, you should rejoice and start following Jesus. But what's our natural tendency? I need to figure it out. I don't see about this. I don't know why. No, what he's asking you. Sell it all. Follow me. This is what I want you to do. And remember, he's our friend. He loves us. The gospel is that God loved us, not that we loved him. And he actually walked, he, the love of God exercised faith in Christ that he actually became a sacrifice for us. So take my yoke upon you. That's the love of God. Submitting ourselves to the love of God. Actually, Jim said, you know, practicing the word in a situation that seems totally ridiculous. Oh, boy. So now let's turn to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 27, I believe. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who was invisible. The word was what again? Endure. We'll talk about that. You see, young, young people don't have a great amount of endurance. They have some strength, but it's not endurance. But here it, it makes a claim. By faith, he forsook Egypt. What was Egypt? Well, Egypt's a type of the world. 
Egypt's a type of all the wonderful things the world has to offer. They forsook the garlics, the leeks, the wealth, especially Moses being Pharaoh's son. He forsook that. Did it make any sense to him? Did it, could he figure it out? But why did he do it? Because he saw he endured. There was times he couldn't understand it. There was times the Pharaoh was chasing him. There was times he probably wished he had the money he used to have and the power he had to have, and he had. But he endured what? He endured as seeing him who was invisible. There's going to come times you're just going to have to believe that he's leading you. Egypt is going to be crying out there, but what he does here is he forsakes. He sold all that he had and followed. He endured following God. That's the love of God. When I can see Him, when I endure seeing Him who I can't see, when I don't understand and the things are hidden from the wise, if, you, if your things are hidden, you're not a babe yet. If things are hidden and you don't understand it, you haven't been revealed to babes, you're still proud and arrogant. You haven't endured as seeing Him who's invisible. Oh, forsake Egypt. Forsake those things and start seeing Him who is invisible. Remember if I saw that I just don't see it? Called enduring. I've been practicing that. I don't see it. You're not supposed to see it. And that's what Jesus was so happy about. And that's when you take the yoke and say, Lord, I'm going to keep doing. Anybody ever plow here? You have. It's, 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 it's one of the most boring. I actually fell asleep on the tractor. And I was a young man at that time. I was driving tractor with Michael. Wow, come on. You could drive on the streets up and, you know, when you're farming, you could drive a tractor on the streets. You didn't need a license. Boy, for, for a city kid, that was pretty, pretty neat. Had all those channels. You know, anyway, plowing is just like you go back and forth, back and forth. And if you have a good, I mean, I didn't have a horse, but I mean, you just kind of like, and the sun's beating down on you, and it's kind of like, I remember falling asleep. And. That's what it is. That's why he uses those analogies. There's an enduring to get the work done. It's called the love of God. He endured as seeing him who wasn't. Sometimes it's hard to see him who's invisible, isn't it? Especially when you got... The objection comes not with things you don't like or with things you don't understand. They're going to come against those things that you think are really valuable. And he's going to say, do you love me more than these. They're not going to make any sense. And when, they, when you rise up and they don't make any sense, you've got to say, oh, I'm wise and prudent. I'm not a babe. I'm not taking his yoke. I'm not learning of him. I'm demanding that I understand first. That's satanic. That's not faith and that's not love. For God so loved the world, he loved us when we were unlovable. He loved us when my actions were incorrect and I didn't like him. He loved Peter when he betrayed him. He loved Peter when he went back fishing. He loved Paul when he was persecuting the church. He loved when he couldn't see it. Therefore, it says somewhere in John, 1 John, we'll get there. 1 John, this message will be continued the rest of our life. 1 John chapter 4. Verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another. Oh. I remember when I first got saved. I mean, I was a hippie, so, you know, love was like, wow. Yeah, let's, we always just loved everybody. You know, wow, we love you, we love you, we love you. Uh, that love didn't carry us very far. You know, a lot of people love, but they didn't like working in the potato barn. A lot of people love, but they didn't like eating meat. A lot of people love, but they didn't like the Bible. A lot of people, well, that's not what it's talking about. See, there is an excitement, an infatuation, a childish love that, oh, wow, this is neat. I remember getting, I mean, I didn't get, I don't, and anyway, I came in, but wow, this is the greatest thing that ever happened. They let me stay here and eat here free. I was in love. I thought, wow, this is great. Man, then they started telling me about the Bible. I'm out of here. And you had to work and. Beloved, oh, beloved, that's where he starts. Yeah. Beloved, let us love one another. Is any time you come into a place you don't like to love one another? Oh, good, that's what he's asking for. There's a, you're, on your, you're on the road to Jericho. 
Maybe you're too busy. Maybe you got pick them up. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. Love one another. Yeah, but I don't under- take my yoke upon you, and you'll learn of me. You'll learn it. Don't understand it. Love one another, for God is love, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that loveth not. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this is manifest the love of God toward us, because that God sent His own Son into the world that we might live through Him. Wow. God might want you to love somebody, not for yourself. might be that you're healing them, that they, through your love, might live. See, Christ, the only thing Christ gets out of us is that He does the will of God, that He loves the Father. See, a lot of times we're so backwards. You know, I guess if I help this guy, maybe I'll get some money out of him. Or maybe I'll be righteous. No, maybe you're just helping him because that's what God wants you to do. You're not, you're not loving. See, we're not, being, we're not loving one another because we deserve to be loved. We're not loving one another because you're worthy of love. We're loving one another, according to this, is because God loves us and we're supposed to wash one another's feet just like he did. I don't want to do that. The guy's a jerk. Yeah. That's what he's bringing you to. That's not the love of God. Sent his only... That, okay, that we, they, that we might live through him. You might actually bring some life as you lay down your own. Start loving as God did. Herein is, the love, herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son for propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. There's faith. How many times do you feel like not doing that? Maybe every day? Several times a day? Oh, good. You just met the Lord. Because that would just be your own strength. You might have to endure seeing Him who's invisible. You might have to forsake some things. You might not be getting anything out of it. Except that, do you love me? Oh, Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Now, as we get, you know, these are things that, I, I, I you know, I believe God wants is, is bringing us. It's His heart. It's His desire that the gospel be preached into all the world, beginning at Jerusalem. Hi, Jerusalem. Beginning here. And then both in Samaria, you know, everywhere. But if we can't, if we don't let the love of God constrain us and bring us to the place to where John is saying, it's not that we love Him. It's not that we're lovable that we love one another. It's not that I even want to. It's that I'm, I, I don't even understand it, and that God rejoices and He says, "Good, now, you, now you're in the right place. You can either choose to draw back and say, I don't understand. I think I'll do what I want. I'll keep the commandments, or I can become a babe and put my head in the yoke." and start learning of him. And when I start learning of him, even in a bad situation, even with a bad attitude, the love of God keeps me to do the right thing by faith. No matter how many times Samson blew it, he could still be redeemed. And say, oh God. But it would cost him his life. See, this is where I believe it's not the faith, it's just we get lazy and not loving. So I just don't feel like doing it. Or I've got some issues. You've got issues because God gave them to you. And now he says, okay, put them aside and just love me. Oh, I forgot that's what the whole gospel message was about, was the love of God. I thought maybe it was about my own righteousness or me doing something for God or having it together or living it. No, it's the love of God. And so if we don't have that, we'll look at Hebrews 11, hopefully, as we start next time. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. You're not going to see it. And it's the wicked generation that wants to see it. The wicked, hello, that want a reason. But faith doesn't see it. Faith believes those things that are not seen. It endures those things that are not seen and actually causes faith to work in me to live and to act as though I did see it. But it's an enduring process that continually has to grow from faith to faith and glory to glory. We can either grow 
in the love of God, or we can just grow cold and let the love of God grow cold and have it all understood. And if you have it all understood, be careful. You're proud and you're prudent and you're not loving Him. So, just some things to think about. You know, let the love of God constrain us. Realize, God, I need some help. There's some things I've just, you know, I've added into my life that, you know, probably are not what God wants. And they actually keep me from loving Him. You know, they might even be wonderful things. Might even be things I need to do. But God's saying, do you love me? Just sell all that you have and follow me. Oh, wow. Then you might have some faith and hope and might have to see Him who's invisible. Faith is substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. We'll talk about that. Amen. We got we got lunch. It's a blessing. Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, I just pray the eyes of our understanding be open and your word would fulfill your purpose in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.